As you know, with technology, uh, we're having a bit of gremlins in the system, uh, especially with that particular Zoom room. So uh, as soon as we're connected to that conference, I'll be able to take you live to it. In the meantime, however, we're going to be talking to some of the organizations that do work in the space, especially those that are called in as part of, I wouldn't really say the first responders, because the first responders in this instance would be your firefighters, would be disaster management services um, to respond to whatever crisis is unfolding. But we know that there are lots of NGOs who pick up on that work after the fact. So these NGOs would come in, they would assist the communities um, once the officials have left. If I can just remind you about what happened with uh, some of the folks out in Mamilodi, who had to be relocated after uh, they were hit by those devastating floods. And they were housed in a church, you know, for months on end. Um, and and it, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the work that was done by those officials in assisting the people of Mamilodi, um, in particular the officials of the church here, um, then those residents would have had nowhere to go because sometimes there is a gap or a lull in the provision of services, at least on the part of the state, uh, and where these services need to reach ordinary members of the community. Now, one such foundation that is doing work to serve humanity is the Al-Imdad Foundation. Ziad Patel is um, one of the trustees and a coordinator for international projects at the foundation. Ziad, good morning and thank you so much for your time. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on SAFM this morning. It's a pleasure. It's, it's a pleasure to have you on. Let's just talk about some of the work that you do when it comes to disaster relief. So, yeah, we are about 17 to 18 years old, and we have a humanitarian footprint in about 75 countries. We have a very, very rapid team that responds to emergencies across the globe, not only nationally, but internationally as well. I mean, we have worked as far as Haiti, as far as Somalia, as far as Indonesia, where it's been tsunamis, where it's been earthquakes, where it's been cyclones. Uh, last year we had cyclone Idai as well in Mozambique. Mm. So whether it's near at home or far, as far as Haiti, uh, we have responded and that's what we do. That's the mm. passion in helping and assisting pe people at a moment in time when they are most vulnerable and most in need and that's after a disaster takes place, mm. that's when our teams want to be there and to help and assist people. What do you find that people often need most once a disaster has struck? So once a disaster strikes, the most important thing is emergency relief. I think they say a hungry man is an angry man. Mm. So of course, yes, the first thing which we need is to get in clean water, getting some food, just the very, very basics to get human life uh, up and running again. Mm. And thereafter, there's an assessment which takes place and of course, yes, most of the time we're trying to look for lives. You know, I mean, the, the most important thing for us is to save lives. That's the essence of what we try to do. Mm -hmm. So our teams are very robust. They work very, very, very quickly, very rapidly. Uh, the Alim Dar Foundation has offices across the globe. We have offices in Jordan, Indonesia, in strategic parts of the globe. So it gives us an extra edge to respond very quickly to different parts of the globe when there is an emergency. And I think uh, for us, mo the most important thing is to save lives. But of course, side by side with that, we need to provide clean water, we need to provide food. And there is an assessment which takes place. And once the assessment takes place, mm. we analyze and assess what are the medium to long-term needs 
of the people that have been affected and then we then have to move on to the rehabilitation in disasters especially in the actual moment where people are losing homes where lives are being lost and lives are still at risk you're also having to manage a great deal of human emotion um because people are frantic and often that can either make the disaster worse or or better depending on how those emotions are managed Uh, undoubtedly i'm just fresh off the plane i got back from the turkish syrian border a few days ago mm. and yes when you're dealing with people and you know and you when you listen to the emotions of people and you're hearing the pain and the suffering and the trials and tribulations which they actually encounter you as an individual you are also taken aback and you're, you're emotionally moved as well mm. and at mm. times you know we need to deal with our own emotions and how do we do that by me sitting here and speaking to you that's mm. how i get get how i deal with those emotions just by talking to people letting it off my chest and you know uh, that's how i would deal with it and perhaps many other humanitarians in the field mm. deal with it in a similar similar way as well mm. so debriefing is very 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 important because yes in our in our light of work i mean we've been in the field uh, taking bodies out of the ground we've been in the field rescuing people from under rubble you know it's a great deal when your adrenaline is rushing out there for us to deal with all of that emotion it is a roller coaster of emotions i can say mm. uh, so there's you know there's so many facets to see it in yes but in other day we are also human we as humanitarians we also human we have emotions and we need to deal with our, our our emotions as well what does it take to get people off an active scene so if i've just if there's just been a a, a cyclone let's say you use the the example of a die in mozambique houses have been damaged people are trying to redeem as much as what or, or as possible and yet at the same time being in that kind of area is quite dangerous in and of itself because it's unstable ground you don't know what's going to fall on who next mm. Mm. and so you need to get people off the scene but i imagine you know if if i'm desperately trying to find the one thing that i know will make whatever process after this easier in south africa with the floods people are often trying to just find their ids they're just like if i can just yeah. get my id yeah. if i can just get my papers then i'll be fine anything yeah. else can go you know it's very difficult to say you know uh, but most of the time in the zones that we are operating in people are just basically wanting to save their lives. Mm. That's the bottom thing. Mm. So many of the times they will even forget about their belongings, they will forget about their prized possessions mm. and it's all about the best prized possession you have which is your life and that's mm. what we tell people. And this is what in our awareness campaigns out there when we're speaking about prevention and mitigation in disasters, we tell people remember when a disaster strikes it's all about your own life and that's what you need to preserve and protect. and this is what we try to drive that point home mm-hmm. forget about your ideas forget about what else whatever else you can salvage worry about your own life because the preservation of life is the most important aspect in any part of the facet mm-hmm. of especially of the humanitarian uh, cognizant fraternity do you think that governments do enough work to maybe not always prevent you can't prevent a cyclone but you certainly can mitigate yeah. some of the risk especially when you look at your infrastructure and be ready for whatever it is that the future might bring you know i must be honest with you i really marvel as uh, the south african uh, concept and how we have done things here in south africa and undoubtedly we are a role model for many other disaster management uh, fraternities across the globe mm. for example you know we work very very closely with the provincial disaster management center the national disaster management center here in south africa and we have extensive 
awareness campaigns. We do have extensive awareness campaigns. Like now in the summer season, the rainy season, there are campaigns out there to tell people, warn people, uh, stay away from, from flooding rivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, try and make sure when you build your homes, they're not too close to flooded zones, etc. So we do have these kind of awareness campaigns which are running. And I think, yeah, for me, I mean, I'm a proud South African, I would say, and South Africa leads when it comes to disaster management. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, it's interesting because on, on the other hand, um, there are some obvious things that could be done that would help us not be in the same situations we find ourselves every year. You've spoken about people who build houses in low-lying areas. Yeah. That seems to be a, a problem that government just doesn't know how to get rid of. Uh, I think most of the time it's just about education. You know, it's about education and unfortunately, you know, uh, there are many, many parts of our communities you know, that are not educated. And wherever they will find a piece of land, mm. that's where they will erect some kind of a dwelling. Mm. You know, you don't blame them. You don't blame them for this. Uh, but I think from, from government side, we need to have a bit more of an aggressive campaign to inform people, to teach people, you know, to educate them and tell them, be careful, you know, we need to mitigate disasters. Mm. Whether you like it or not, the rain is going to come, the river is going to flood. We need to take the measures and make sure that we build our homes in, 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 in an area or a zone where it will, it will not be flooded. So I think uh, government needs to take uh, the, the, the lead in this way. And uh, I think they are, they, are, they are taking the lead. Mm. But as I'm saying, we need to do even more. Mm. We need to do even more. We have a very, very vast land. Uh, we're very, very diverse communities, you know, extensive communities. And we need to reach out to even more people. Otherwise, if we're just going to sit back, take it easy, sadly, many more people will be lost. As we found in, in KZN over the last few days, uh, three young children lost their lives uh, because of a flooded river. And uh, we don't want to hear this. Uh, we need to take uh, more aggressive stances mm. to mitigate disasters. And, and I guess because it doesn't all happen at once, sometimes the impact of these disasters can be undermined because we don't have your large-scale flooding as other parts of the world experience. Ziad Patel is with the Al-Imdad Foundation. Uh, we're coming to you live from Midrand. It's 11.30. Nandika Bjorkas has your latest news headlines. We'll continue with our program here after this.